What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Slam Dunk Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Jensen, alongside D'Angelo Starks, Kellen Voss, and Joe Blansky. Guys, as far as Michigan sports goes, we haven't had a lot to be uh, thankful for. And me, personally, with Michigan State, not a ton to be happy about. But for you guys, uh, Michigan is uh, one of the best teams in college basketball, and we saw that this weekend against Ohio State. This, this team is so so like lovable. It's it's, it's so easy Juwan to love Howard these guys. Man. I'm it's so easy to just like fall in love watching them play basketball. Of course, there's still a few exceptions. We won't talk about those guys. But for me, uh, this game, I sat on my couch and watched every second of it. You know, it's just it was so much fun to watch. These are the type of games I love to watch. It's just offensive battles. These teams were literally just shooting three after three. Michigan was what ten of. 10 or 13 or 14 half. in the first half. Like, that's insane. Both of these teams came out hot. Uh, Washington, what was this his first name? Dwayne. Is it, yeah, he's a problem. Dwayne, he's a dude who yeah. in, in March can really, really cause some issues and probably will for somebody. Uh, but for me, about Michigan, I could watch Mike Smith and Hunter Dickinson run the pick and roll over and over until the end of time and be happy. It's beautiful. I love it. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's great, man. It's great. That was that that has to be the best so college far. basketball game yep. of the year so far. Uh, I think you gotta you gotta we gotta mention Chuck Liddell. He, <laughs> Liddell. I was gonna Chuck say Liddell. when did when did Chuck Liddell come Chuck out? Liddell's when did he get a scholarship? He's got five years of college eligibility left. But yeah, twenty three points, ten rebounds was literally unstoppable. Uh, for Ohio State. They got a good team, but uh, Michigan came away with the win, uh, obviously. For this Michigan team now, I think this is a win that cements them as a legitimate national mm-hmm. championship contender now. I think I think they have to be right up there in the conversation with Gonzaga and Very Baylor. Um, the one I, you know, you know, when you look at uh, Mark Titus used to have those columns on the on Grantland and the Ringer about like what makes a college basketball national championship team, and it's defense, it's senior leadership, and it's guys that you can go to in the clutch of basketball games. And Michigan has all three of those. And so I am officially all in drinking the Kool Aid. I have a ten dollar bet to win four hundred dollars on Michigan win the national championship, and I cannot wait to see that cash at the end of March. Dude, it's the right. jo- it's like the Jawan Howard effect again. When I'm, like hiring a Michigan man goes right, like it's just fun to watch. Oh, and because I'm petty, it was a perfect Ohio State sweep on the weekend by Michigan basketball men and women's hockey. I'll beat Ohio State. Jawan Howard yep. is everything that we thought that Jim Harbaugh yeah. might be. So it's so no, good I missed, to see uh, that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I missed fun. I missed the first half, and so when I turned it on, I think they were up two at the half, 45-43, and I was looking at the stats, and I was like, God, they, they were lights out from three, and they were only able to get a two-point lead, so I was like, if they go cold here in the second half, I don't know what, like, uh, if, if they're going to be able to stick with OSU, and, like, that's exactly what happened. They got cold, except they were able to get inside. Hunter Dickinson was phenomenal in the second half, and, like, Speaking of Dickinson, how much different does this team look without having a guy like Hunter Dickinson there? Because we oh. saw in the beginning, we saw in the beginning of the year, Austin Davis was the guy that was the starter, getting the start, getting Hunter Dickinson type minutes right now. And Dickinson was getting about fifteen minutes a night. But when Dickinson was in there, the offense ran great, and it was it was some of the best offense you could see. And it never made sense to me why Jawan was sticking with Davis in the lineup. And barring that injury, um, 
that Davis had, it really opened up minutes for Dickinson. And so Dickinson's now getting uh, he, he's getting the minutes he deserves. But but not having a guy like him, I think that really changes the complexion of this team because uh, when the going gets tough, you give it to your 7-1 guy who can score over just about anybody, and it really helps your offense. Yeah, not to mention that he's he's an incredible screener too, and he just knows where to be. He's a smart basketball player, and like you said, he can finish over anybody. Yeah, he's he's really really good. I was the one thing that would make him obviously better, like moving forward. If if there's any way he can get like ten percent more athletic and just a little bit like quicker with his feet, he's gonna be unstoppable. His uh, his defensive mm-hmm. impact can't be understated either. You know, he doesn't get a ton of blocks. He had two good ones in the game against Ohio State. But the way he's able mm-hmm. to impact shots around the rim, it's a real thing where guys 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 go up and they're, they're worried about his presence and his ability to defend shots without fouling, which is something that Austin Davis sometimes has a problem with, uh, has, been, has been great for the team. Definitely. As far as his pro prospects go, I think, uh, like D'Angelo said, he needs to get a little more athletic, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think I don't, I don't think he's going to go this year. But I mean, we've we've seen crazier things. Like, I mean, I didn't think DJ Wilson was going to leave after his sophomore year, and he he didn't. Obviously, that was a mistake because he doesn't even get minutes. Uh, he, I don't think he would get minutes on many teams in the league. Yeah, he's still with the mm-hmm. Bucks, but. Yeah, I mean, you would see though when when OSU kind of needed a bucket, they got Dickinson in a switch on the perimeter, and there's just there's not much he can do. He can't he doesn't move that well on the outside. Uh, He's got cinder block feet for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was like that's what I thought James Wiseman had last year, and I mean, he mm-hmm. he makes James Wiseman look like a an all star defender on on the outside, and so um, that's. Little things that he just needs to clean up here and there. I mean, I think sophomore. I, I definitely think after next year, there's a there's a very good possibility he could be gone, mm-hmm. um, especially with the recruits that are coming in. Um, I think you just sort of have to read the writing on the wall that there's going to be guys vying for your minutes. I mean, the uh, Musa Diabate, who who's at IMG, he's mm-hmm. he's going to be a stud, six uh, ten center. So uh, there's there's going to be guys coming for his minutes. So I think you just. Uh, you're at least going to have him for one more year. I don't see him leaving this year. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, – I definitely think they're up there with, with the Gonzagas and the Baylors of the world as, as title contenders. I still – I would still put my money on Gonzaga. I know – That's who are, I did. I know people are worried about the fact that they haven't played anybody since December. But it's not like they were playing a bunch of slouches and had one good game in December. I mean, they played, I think, five or six ranked opponents in the first month of the year. And the fact that they were able to not only take care of business in most of those, in all of those games, but really uh, make it not much of a, um, make it not much of a battle in many of those games. Uh, I mean, the Iowa one, I remember, I think Gonzaga was leading by about 15 or, or so there late in the game. And it just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't something we were going to see from Iowa. And obviously we've seen Iowa sort of take a, take a step back this year mm-hmm. or, or later this year. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm still going to, I'm still riding with Gonzaga um, and Baylor's right there too. I, I was very impressed with Baylor when I played, when I saw them play against Texas the other night, uh, we had Robbie, I think we had Robbie on uh, that next day. And that was just uh, that's a, that's a loaded team. They have eight mm-hmm. guys that can, 
that can start on basically if, any if I'm, uh, if I have to nitpick with this Michigan team um, going forward, I I think they're one guy away from me feeling completely confident about them as a national championship team. Just because Brandon Johns, he as he's a he's a he's a he's a decent defender. He doesn't really fit offensively. That's he's a he's a definite transfer candidate for next year. But I think that um, you know if 100%. you roll if you roll with seven in the tournament, and you know like Livers gets in foul trouble, then you're in then you're in a little bit of then you're in a little bit of trouble um, from Michigan perspective. I, d- I think yeah. Not to mention Shawnee Brown. I mean the impact he has when he comes off the bench uh, in in the game. Awesome. 15 points, three rebounds, six for eight shooting. Defense all over the place, getting right up in guys' face. Energy all over the place. Like I, I love, I love him. I wish he wasn't mm-hmm. a senior. I wish he could come off the bench for Michigan for the next three years. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the, we're getting to the point in this college basketball season, like you said, no, with all the Big Twelve schools, with Gonzaga, with Michigan, and there's probably going to be seven, eight, nine Big Ten teams that make the type that make the national championship game. College basketball is officially getting really, really fun, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I, oh, go ahead. Actually. No, go. No, you're you're good. You're good. Just with conference championship, uh, conference tournament season coming up, and the bracket unveiling coming up, I'm just I'm excited too. You know, conference championship season gets insane. There's there's gonna be upset. I just can't wait for those upsets. You know, this isn't gonna look how we think it's gonna look. It never does. So I'm excited, especially with there not being a consensus number one team you know everybody has their favorite so i love seasons like this because anybody can win it conference tournament means time to make some money oh boy exactly very true and and hey we missed out on both of those last year and so i think just like the fact that we've we've had a whole year of not being able to experience march madness and all that that's like uh it's gonna make it a lot more fun to be watching all these games go on did you guys see that yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a ton of fun and so the first I don't, I don't know if I like this. I want to get your guys' opinion on this. So the first four games are going to be now on that Thursday instead of the Tuesday before. And then for the for that first weekend, it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then they're going to do the same thing for the following weekend. And then for Final Four, it'll be Saturday, Monday. I kind of like that. I, know. It, it I like having cool games having... all weekend. It's, it's I, I think overcrowded, it, I think... though. Like, it kind of has – got to – Spread out the love. Like it's fun when it's just like just like a mush, just like a mash of games coming at your face. But you got to break it up a little bit. Like you don't want it over too. Well, like, it'll just be everything it's is fun, but... in everything is in indie. You know, right. like all, all every single game is being played in indie. So like you don't have to worry about those teams that are playing in Dayton uh, for the for the first four. Um, you don't have to worry about those teams for travel or anything like that. They they're going to be right there anyways, and so. Um, it's going to suck for them because they're going to have to play potentially three games before in, in five yeah, days. Right. Uh, if they if they're able to, yeah. But I mean that's yeah. I mean it's March. It, it's yeah. not gonna, it's not easy. No, I get that, but, uh, yeah. Until, now you wonder so, if like players are just going to be mush at the end because it is so many games so quick. You know, I don't think these guys have been doing this all their lives. You know, they've been playing in tournaments uh, that, that, that have back more back games back in, in like, week. Yeah, I think yeah, they've done this exactly. They've been doing this for their entire lives, especially. 
at this point of the year in March Madness, you're not going to let three games and five nights stop you. I mean, obviously, it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, because I mean, obviously, four of those teams that are playing, like, they're 16 seeds, so they're, they're yeah, only exactly. playing two games. They're only playing two games. And, like, it's maybe one of the 11 seeds. Because, I mean, I think an 11 seed every year has made it to this, like, last six years or something yeah, has right. made it to uh, the Sweet 16. There's been at least one 11 seed. So, I mean, potentially they're going to be one of them. But, you know, you get that third game, you, you win that game on Monday. I mean, you're, you're sitting good. You have five, six days off. I mean, you you can get right back into things, you know. So I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that big. So how of an close issue. is it? I just personally uh, conference tournament. Like, how big is the layoff then? Like from com- I'm assuming conference tournaments will get done that Sunday. Like, yeah, like and then Mon- Sunday we'll, we'll have selection Sunday, and then so that like Thursday we'll we'll be starting the tournament right, for sure. And some conference tournaments are starting earlier, I think. So it just depends. Yeah, I just love the idea of having two weekends where there's just nothing but basketball on all weekend morning yeah. to morning to evening. I think that I, I just love that you can turn it on like four different channels and you can decide what you want to watch. I think it's going to be great. Dude, it it blows. Amazing. Like I know like shit's still open at that point becomes like personal preference. That just blows that. Like you couldn't be out at a bar with like a ton. You know what I'm saying? Like fuck this. What is this? Yeah, you know I'm saying like yeah, that, yeah. that would be like, fun. The way this is set up, it's perfect for that because at least you're having like multi, you're gonna have more TVs than you do at your house, right? Like you can like jam right. like so much. So like, you know, you could if it was again, it's all personal preference, but like this format is like perfect for that. And then it's pandemic. This is like perfect mm-hmm. for the days when we would go to yeah. Noah's house yep. and watch college football. Perfect yep. days. It's yeah. I mean, we had. I think one day we brought out Josh's TV and. and oh had, yeah, we did. Had, we had two TVs. Had a, had a couple screen. Had a couple Ooh, screens dude, going. That, it was. It was nice. The but... LSU Bama upset. Oh boy. Oh, so great. <laughs> that was so much fun. That was a game and a half, man. That was that was good shit. Good time. That was good. So as far as other basketball news goes, uh, the All Star teams were announced. Uh, at least the starters were announced last week. Um, and for the most part, everything seemed pretty, pretty good. Um, the only, I think, uh, pseudo controversy there was, uh, was Luca making the all-star starters over Damian Lillard. Um, it had to go down to a tiebreaker and unfortunately fan vote is the tiebreaker, which I think, I think is wrong. And I mean, I'm the biggest Luca stand you will find. And I don't agree that Luca should be starting over. I mean, I voted for Luca just because I'm going to vote for him. But if we're just looking at raw numbers and how the team success is playing into it, Damian Lillard clearly deserves to be an all-star starter. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you can't get like the all-star game might not even happen. So like, it's not like, I don't know how mad we can get about that. Yeah. But yeah, Dame Lillard this season has, with CJ being out for an extended period of time, with Zach Collins being out for an extended period of time, with Yusuf Nurkic being out for an extended period of time, it's not like last year where they're like fighting to get into the playoffs. They're like a solid. They're right now. I think they're the five seed. They're right in the mix. They like, I, I, and it's 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 mostly because of Lillard. I think um, Gary Trent Jr. and Melo have stepped up too a little bit in those in those spots um, when asked upon. But yeah, that that Blazers team is fun. Hey, Melo. The the Blazers are weird because I've they've been doing the same thing with like two Dame for years. I feel like they've surrounded him with a 
I mediocre at best. Uh, they've surrounded him with mediocre at best players out, aside from CJ and Nurk. And then they just leave it to him to kind of elevate everybody else. And he does it without fail every single year. And he's done it at a higher level even this year. So I I agree. I think that he probably should be an all-star starter. And even Luca agreed, you know, he said that he thought yeah. Dame should have started. But at the end of the day, it's the all-star game. It's not the worst thing in the world, but you still would like to see the guys get in. Like It's like Bradley Beal not making the team last year. You just want to see guys get represented properly for the work that they're doing, especially when someone's playing as well as Dame. Yeah, and on the other side of things, uh, on the Eastern Conference, um, we saw Bradley Beal get his uh, recognition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year was the leading scorer at the time of the All-Star game, I believe, or or at least the top three scorer by the time. And he didn't uh, get an All-Star nod, not a starter or uh, getting into the All-Star game. And that that, that caused a lot of uproar from fans and, and everything like that. And so this year he finally gets that nod. And, you know, last night, the Wizards came up with a big one. They won five straight. They're finally starting to click. And uh, Kellen texted you and I, D'Angelo, last night, uh, mm-hmm. asking us who we would take, um, who we who we would want to take a shot in the final seconds over Brad Beal. Mm-hmm. We're in clutch moments. Who would we rather have? And and Kellen, you said that there's probably I, only I, five I or six guys I mean, that you would take ahead game, of them. Um, obviously, it's a depleted Lakers squad without Anthony Davis and without Dennis Schroeder. But it's it's still like that they're on a five game winning streak. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be a problem for a team in the playing game. And I don't know how much far they're not gonna get out of the first round if they do make that playoff bid. But honestly, last night, uh Bradley Beal, thirty three points, seven rebounds, six assists, twelve for twenty four shooting, and it wasn't all three pointers. He only made two threes, but he would the way he was slashing to the basket, I think the la- the go ahead bucket in the overtime period, that reverse layup he had was incredible. Um, in terms of guys I'd rather take in the clutch, I think, yeah, I think I think the list is only five or six guys. I think I'd, I'd rather have LeBron. I'd rather have Dame, Dame time, obviously. Um, I'd rather have, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have Embiid and Jokic, just, just with the presence they have and the inside and stuff. Um, probably Kyrie and Durant. But, and, yeah, I'll throw Steph in there, but I think the list ends there. I think it ends there. And Noah, you pulled up the uh, the uh, clutch stats for us, which I think I'll let you get into here. But yeah, I mean, we this is we've gotten to the point where Bradley Beal yeah. has uh, to be has to be mentioned when you talk about who you want taking the last shot in the game. We ha- we have to put Bradley Beal in the con- in the conversation, or at least in the top five, top seven ish. I would say. So he's he's a he's an elite guard in the league, and I I, I want to see him get out of Washington so that he can have flourish and have some playoff success. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, I I don't know if James Harden is even technically a two guard anymore. So I guess you you know you could make the argument that he's the best two guard in the league, and depending right. on how we classify Harden, but yeah, I think you make a valid argument. Honestly, the only person that I I might myself consider taking over Beal that you didn't mention is yeah. like yeah. Kawhi, just because I've seen him do it so many times on a big level, you know, and that's just like. If anyone's proven to me that late in a game they can get to their spot and make a shot, it's Kawhi. But other than that, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like 
just you want the ball in his hands. Bradley Beal just he can score on almost anybody on any night. Uh, no, I think that's really strong. I don't know. The Is guy, there anybody else, Noah, that you would add or Joe? Would you? So, no, yeah, I was just going to say, so I brought up those clutch stats. And uh, if you just look at effective field goal percentage, um, the baseline this year is, is about 46%. And Brad Beal sits about 42.4. So, technically speaking, is it, going off of the stats, I mean, he is a below-average clutch player. And, and not to not to take any way, anything away from his game, I think you're 100% right, D'Angelo. He's barring James Harden being in the conversation as a two-guard. Brad Beal is the best two-guard. He's he's top two at the very right. least if Harden is right. there. And so I'm not taking any way, anything away from his game. But as far as just hitting shot hitting shots in the clutch, Joe's going to like this a lot. Uh, the player that has taken the second most clutch shot the, clutch shots this year well, is Zach does, Levine. Man. He's taken 74. He's shooting 53% on those shots. Uh, that's that's one of the highest margins in the league as far with his va- volume. That's one of the highest margins in the league. You look at a guy like uh, Jason Tatum; he's at fifty-four percent, almost fifty-five. He he can he's. Would you uh, okay? Can we can we talk about this one for a second specifically? Would yeah. you actually late so late in the game? You're the coach. Somehow you have Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum on your team. You're giving the ball to Tatum. I just feel like there's more likelihood for a turnover in Tatum's case. I've seen and, that too many times, and I've seen him take too many step back twos that Tatum are contested. Screener, and just if Beal can, if Beal the corner, if Beal can get the corner, you could do that. You take that, but if the defense sucks in on him, you go to Tatum out for three. That is a good offensive play. That is not help for the sake of this sorry, exercise sorry. that you drew up for us. No, 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 no. no and I, I just, I, I just wanted to see who he would go with over the two St. Louis guys. I think it would be. I, I think it's tough. You know, like I do too. Tatum's Beal is Beal. I think it's still, I think it's still yeah, Beal, like but Tatum, Tatum's I think there. Tatum's six ten too. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like he, and he's only nineteen. It's, he it's insane. It's like crazy. the guy, nobody <laughs> understands. Um, he doesn't. Um. I feel like Tatum can get to the rim a little easier. He can, but he doesn't. Beal. No, I know, but he at least gives me the option That's fair. of being That's able fair. to get there. And even if we're looking at uh, – there's another um, – as far as uh, clutch percentages go, uh, shots crucial to game outcome. Uh, Tatum is shooting 39% on those shots compared to Beal's 22%. And they have taken um, – uh, Tatum's taken five more shots in that criteria, and he's shooting uh, almost twenty percent. Is it higher po- at all possible? I just want to ask: Is it at all possible that the Wizards being so bad drags down because he's Brad's taking less clutch shots, just a little bit? When he probably going to be a higher, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got less chances, and he's probably got a little bit higher of a focus on him. Because like I don't I don't know who's guarding Russ in the clutch really. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, but I mean still, I guess like, I mean if you're looking at if you look at you still have he's you done. still have Bertans that's probably on he's, the floor. And I'm not saying that he's the playmaker that I got. That, but like 
Oh yeah, he's been really rough this year. But like, you still have to respect his. You still have to respect his three point shot. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was an over. I thought it was an overpay when it happened. Personally, I thought eighty like that. A Reggie Jackson contract for a guy that does one thing really well, but if he doesn't do it well, you can't him. play him. Rui, Rui still like that's over. it's difficult for me to give eighty yeah. million dollars. Yeah, and he should. I mean, Rui's Rui's a better player, but like still in those late game situations, you're still respecting yeah. a guy like Davis Batons yeah. on the outside. You're not going to help all of them. I Can don't think you're not going to get get give a wide open shot. And so, if you look at the Celtics, I mean, other than Jalen Brown, who are you worried Tatum's about guarding? Because Kemba sucks. Without, Kemba sucks. Like, looks flat Tatum's out saying he's Tatum's not like a good. Year away from like requesting a trade, if this keeps happening. Yeah. Well, that's just because their roster sucks. <laughs> their yeah, roster. Yeah, because like, what is terrible. what is Danny? Ainge, Danny Ainge can't do anything. He has a twenty-seven million dollar trade exception. That's it. That's all he has. Simmons talked about it on his podcast. They they did a uh, um, they did a little segment with Rosillo about who uh, the excuse thing. Like they, they yeah yeah no no more excuses yeah. and like Danny Ainge is one of those. Like sure you hit on Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, but. What else have you done for me? You you hit on Peyton Pritchard when people laughed at you. Like good, like that's good. You got a you got a backup point guard that's going to play in the NBA for 10, 12 years. That's great. You struck out on Romeo Langford, uh, uh, who everybody I think everybody that watched him play at Indiana knew there was nothing there that was going to translate to the league. You you took Aaron Nesmith, uh, fourteen, and you don't have him do a lot of stuff. He's just out there to shoot threes, and like, I don't know if I'm taking a guy at fourteen. A lot of guys to do a little Celtics more stuff than, like, than run around and shoot threes. Games, you see them just getting attacked. Like Grant Williams, I liked him at Tennessee, but he's just getting attacked by these guys. And it, it, it's yeah, yeah, he's outmatched every. Robert Williams is. He's well, fine. the thing is, I think I think Daniel Tice is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. I, I hate that guy. He complained. He complains at every foul. I hate watching him play, does, but it's like, dude, you you mm-hmm. literally foul every person. He, I think, I think he, I think he's the most overrated center in the NBA, and he, he he's on my TV way too much just because the Celtics are on TV a lot. I hate watching him. Uh, he he does all the little like he does all the little bullshit like I'm gonna elbow this guy in the chest when he goes up and not and it's not gonna get called. I all the mm-hmm. tattoos, man. I not that I'm not that I'm anti tattoo by any means, but it's just like the guy. The guy is the guy. You got a man bun too, ain't it? The guy's no, no. He's got he's got like a shape. Baines was the one that had the man bun for a while. Aren't they both Australian? Not that has anything to do with anything either. Yeah, I think Tice is German. Tice is German. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I don't know how many. I'm normally the one sitting on the line. What the hell's going on? The 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 thing that makes the Celtics uh, roster so like even harder to look at is that the people that have been taken after all of these misses have gone on to be productive players. Like they take uh, Neesmith, you know, Sadiq goes three players later. They just there, there's a bunch of picks like that that you can go back over the four, past four or five years for Boston, and they're just missing when they could have quality rotation guys, if not better. They're just literally they're just taking the wrong guys, uh, and I don't really know how you bounce back from that besides just like getting a new regime in there. Uh, we'll we'll see. I, 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 
Does, does, Danny Ainge, does Danny Ainge does? watch college basketball? Like, I, no. Like, I'm starting, like, I'm starting to wonder, like, time like, CBS like, is he, the, like, yeah, does he just, like, does he just, like, go on Twitter and is like, oh, this guy, like, Carson Edwards. Oh, he, yeah. Hell yeah, he's a Let's take him. Like, he was. yeah, but, like, he's, like, that's what I mean. He's fun, but, like, where does a 5'11 point guard fit in today's league that can't guard? Like, why are you taking him in the first round? Like, it just doesn't – he was a – I'm pretty sure he was a first round. He was a late first He was, like, a late first. Yeah. Or he was an early okay, second. Okay, that's what I thought. At the, yeah. Either either yeah. way, like, Carson Edwards should not – He's be, not going to be in your rotation. He should not be – no, he's not a, He's not somebody that should be on your board at all. I I was so happy Romeo Langford got taken right before Seku because I was so worried the Pistons were going to take Langford. That would like, have nobody – Nobody that watched – I said it – I've already said it once, but, like, nobody watched Romeo Langford and said he is a lottery pick. He should have gone, like, 20 to 25. Yeah. Because that – I mean, like, you still have to give him the benefit of the doubt that uh, his high school film is going to – like, the stuff he did in high school is going to come back right. to him. But, like, you don't take a guy there at 14 no. because of that. No. Maybe in this maybe in this year's draft you do that because of how how wonky it was. I mean, like you had Cole Anthony go fifteen, and like there was a lot of guys out on right. that. But like, but like here in that draft that was was fairly deep with talent, you you had missed on just about every pick because I think they went Romeo, then they went oh gosh that was the I Grant Williams bit, draft too wasn't they, it. Yeah, they took Grant Williams, yeah. who there's nothing in that man's game that translates to the Yeah, to the he was supposed to be able to play defense, wasn't he? Yeah, and, like, he just he, – he's, like, so yeah. undersized, and he's not ba- – he, he can't go out on the perimeter. And he go, can't guys. shoot. He he can't – never. <laughs> I I never liked him at, at tennis. Like, he's a – like, he and Admiral Schofield were, were really good senior players in college basketball because they were bigger and stronger than everybody. Right. But it's like – when you go into the NBA and everybody is your height or in yeah. your size, it's just like you can't, you can't, man, you need to have, you need to have a skill that can separate you from those guys. And Grant Williams doesn't have that, and so he he'll maybe, be a perennial ninth man on a bench until he finds the skill. Listening to the soliloquies like of Seth Davis when he's like, "This guy's a senior leader. He's a senior leader on the team. I I gotta have him on my team. Maybe that's all he. Maybe maybe he just." Maybe his Twitter feed is just all accepting that. Yeah. But that wasn't Romeo Langford. So, no. like, I, that explains yeah, that, some of it, like, but not all of it. Like, you have to give him credit for taking Jalen. Yeah. In, in, in four, what was that, 13 or 14? Yeah, I think that's 13, because I think Tatum way was. Earlier. Yeah, or way, wait. way. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was 15. Yeah, I think it was 15. Yeah. 15 because Tatum because Tatum was 16. Yeah, you're right. 15. Brown was 15. Tatum was 16. So, um, I don't want to give him a ton of credit for taking Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum was clearly the best player yeah. in the draft class. I mean, there there was no doubt about it. People saying Markel Fold. I mean, I even I if Markel Markel, doesn't have the he's not no he just never had the ceiling as Jason Tatum. No, and so like I'm not I'm not giving him credit for taking Jason Tatum. I'll give the, him credit. But like, other than good. that, you cannot. Yeah, oh, the trade was perfect. You trade back two spots as a as grab a grab an extra pick, and you still get the guy you wanted. Because Lavar, because Lavar bullied podcast, the Lakers take and taking Lonzo and just place it on the Celtics. 
Are we allowed to do that? Just transfer right on? I think I think it's getting there. I think it's getting I still, there. I like we Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown too much to hate the team. And I actually uh, – I like – Well, we can put it on – we can put the hate on, on Danny Ainge. Well, bro, that's the – It'd be weird to hate Danny Ainge because that would mean to, – To hate Danny Ainge, I feel like we would have to be invested – in Boston being good. And Boston, I'm Boston not all that invested yeah. in Boston being good. Like, no. like I like That's Tatum. Oh, they could easily do that. If they get in a bad matchup with bigs, like if they play Indiana, they could easily lose. Mm-hmm. Their bigs are terrible. Unless, Booch, I'm, they're, man, unless they make a move that we're not expecting. But like, what is the move? Suspe- I didn't suspect. Uh, yeah, they're they're – you you have to find either one really nice piece that somebody wants to offload their mm-hmm. contract because like you have that I think it's a twenty seven million dollar exception but because of like the the luxury tax they can only take on like twenty million twenty or twenty one okay. million in a trade so I mean I think they would have to send out some sort of contract within that not just draft yeah, picks. I think- so, their contract situation is weird. I think Smart is only their only mid-level contract. So who knows? Yeah, he makes like yeah. thirteen, but like you're paying, like you would rather have Terry Rozier at the contract he has right now than Kemba. I mean, Kemba's flat bad, out, dude. And and Rozier can defend. Yeah. Yeah, and Rozier. If we want to go to clutch uh, shot, go back to that. Uh, uh, let's say real quiet. quick. Nice. I had him right here. He's shooting sixty-nine percent. On 34 shots in the clutch, and then 62% on uh, crucial game outcome shots. So, like, that's a guy they miss. You miss a guy that can hit wide-open shots for you. Because not other than – I mean, I I just – I don't know how you you lucked into such a good draft in 15 and 16, and then you just – you screwed it up the next three years. Or four years. Four. And they had plenty of chances. It's not like they didn't have the picks to move up multiple times. They could have no. tried to move up for Halliburton. Or make this trades. Year. They, they, yeah, like he's been, he's been sitting on these draft assets for so long just to do nothing with them. It's literally the worst possible outcome, I feel like, for the assets they had. Like when you look back, it would, and talk about teams that had the brightest future, like, and that year after they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Without Kyrie, they were they sh- they were a quarter away from making from the finals, being in the finals with with just Tatum and Brown and beating LeBron and, and Hayward yeah. and beating LeBron exactly. And they and they were and then they haven't come. Well, they did come close, I guess, but I don't know. They're they're just they're definitely def, definitely not making it out of the East this year. They're not beating Brooklyn, and they're probably they probably can't beat Philly or Milwaukee, honestly. I'm not sold. Me on either, but I think they could beat Boston. I'm in not a right now. Series. Yeah, yeah, because I don't. I just don't think like like yeah like that's a matchup for Giannis. Exactly. That I think Giannis can take advantage exactly. of. Um, I didn't think our Bradley Beal talk was, <laughs> was going to turn I, into I like yeah. trashing the Celtics for for ten minutes, but no, it's good. Oh, it's awesome. It's it's great. Um, but yeah, like Simmons always talks about like if you play this player's uh uh career out a hundred mm-hmm. times like how many times has this happened like you look at the celtics like this is like this is easily other than you taking 
uh, there, I know there was somebody like taken right after Jalen Brown that wasn't very good in that draft. Other than taking like making that changing that pickup, this is the worst outcome you did. Josh had. Jackson go right after. Looking him? it up right now, that guy Kel making in fifteen. I thought Jackson was in maybe, sixteen. Maybe he was. Uh, six, oh, seventeen. Draft. No, Jackson oh, was in seventeen. Oh, I know. Was he? It's a uh, Bender. Uh, right after yeah, Jackson was in the seventeen. Dragon Bender. Remember him? Yeah, it was uh, Bender, it and was. then Chris Dunn, and then Buddy yeah, Hield, and then right Paul after Brown Murray, and Marquise Chris after that. Yeah, so I mean, some of those aren't so bad. four of those five Bob guys. If, if they take, too. if they take four, I well, mean. Other Simmons, than Jamal Murray, I'd rather have – Simmons think. always says that they were going to take Murray if they didn't take Brown. That's what I've heard Simmons say a bunch. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard him say that. So, we can give him the benefit Which, I mean, of the doubt on that draft. He was going to hit either way. Yeah. So, he's he's not going to yeah. take Dragon Bender, which yeah. is good. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's. They they need to make some sort of move and like I don't know if the buyout market has the guy that they're gonna need to to put them over the yeah, edge. I, don't like, I mean I don't even think I don't think there's any guy that you can get that can put you enough over the edge to beat Brooklyn. I don't think so either. But or or Philly or or Philly for that matter. Embiid is going to the top two teams right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean even if you get Andre Drummond, like he's Drummond's not going to. He's been murdered by him. Yeah, so many he's not going to bully ball. Like, get uh, the Marcus Cousins. Didn't they just wait? Yeah, I mean, I I Boogie might uh, get bought out, but like he can't, he can't defend. Joel. Yeah, he got waived. He's free. Oh, they didn't actually. No, they're yeah. still. I mean, he's going to. They didn't. Going to Brooklyn, they haven't done right? it yet. Reports they need are coming they, out they, that that's just speculation at this point. Just play bully ball. He's a hundred percent going. To oh Brooklyn, God! If right? he goes to like, Brooklyn, I mean, he he reunites with KD. Just bump and grind like an auto body shop. I don't know. Uh, I I don't like. I don't Boogie know. I don't know I, where I else is want, a good like, fit. As someone who likes Kevin Durant, uh, I don't want <laughs> Boogie on his team. But he's been. I think I'd rather have. He's been surprisingly sound. Yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him that. But he's like. Been, he's, He's been better than I expected. Just like you said, he doesn't play D. And, you know, the, the one thing that that team needs is defense. But I guess if they just get more offense, they could really use whatever, that, uh, you know, it could, it could just, I guess, they could really use at that. some point, they, they've got too much scoring. The Jerry and the Cap. They could well, they had to give really him up to get James Harden. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if you have him and you don't have James Harden, and then you're yeah, not, like a title favorite, you know what I mean? You're, you're like you're still good, but you're not what you are. I don't. <sighs> you, it, like, I mean, whether you like it or not, like Karis yeah. Levert is like not like offensive, like offensive. No, yeah. yeah, no, I know, but it's just like it's like you still have two ball dominant guys, and then just a third guy that can that can That's figure it thing, out every though. once in a while. And you have Jared Allen it fixing your fix defensive, problems. De- defensive problems. So that like that. No, but I mean, but I mean, like I'd rather have like he at least can defend the rim better than DeAndre. Definitely, Jordan but I don't. But Cleveland, sure. like, yeah, Jordan. But Jordan Cleveland's looks not going to take DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan's only on the Nets because he's oh, their no. friend. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know why they're so yeah. loyal to him. Uh, but I guess I, I just don't think Boogie really. I think Boogie. Neither one of them. Neither one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But neither one of them like he ever played. Like that's what I don't understand. But they all didn't, loved him. Didn't they play together? It makes no. It doesn't sense make at any all. sense. Yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they play together in like the oh, Team USA um, games? Friends. Wasn't that a thing? 
like that maybe I guess sounds yeah, probably, probably, but it's just like, and I mean, I guess that's where Katie and Kyrie got their relationship. But that makes so, sense. DeAndre I mean, Jordan guess, is just like, just like, at one point, but, yeah, he was, was a decent big. He's just like, you uh, can think. Um, yeah, yeah. He made like one All Star game, he's, right? So Thanks to Chris just, Paul, boys. That's yeah. Can we I, talk about? Have you seen Dwight Howard's hair? <laughs> I don't pay attention the, to Dwight Howard. Dude, I was watching the Sixers Bulls get <laughs> one. Saturday, whatever that was, and it's awful, man. What it's is it now? Just, How would you describe he's, it? He, so he's like shaved on the top, but then he's got braids, but they're dyed like light brown. Like it just doesn't look. Is it still? It, oh, he doesn't I think look I like the surfs up penguin anymore. Let me look up to Howard. I don't think. I don't think so. Let me see. But no, it was against the Bulls and the Sixers. It, it just looks weird, but he can do him, man. Dude, he was so good, man. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Philly Ooh. and Chicago, um, there was uh, a potential there was a potential trade that was going to be happening for your boys, Joe. But uh, I think, thankfully for you, that didn't go down. And uh, Carson Wentz got traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third rounder this year and a second rounder that could turn into a first rounder if he plays seventy five percent of the snaps uh, of the Colts snaps this year. And uh, that's the uh, next big quarterback move that has been made. And how much of a difference um, does does a guy like Carson Wentz make uh, for the Colts when they could have just went out and got just a, a cheaper sort of contract? I know trading for him, it doesn't even hurt them financially. Uh, I still – I think uh, I was listening to, uh, uh, a, I think, Draft Dudes on the, uh, the Draft Network they were saying they went from the second most cap room to the fourth most just by absorbing some of that contract. They still have like $50 million. Cause it's, it's like a young team. I don't know if you can, if you can get his, like if you can get right or whatever, it's a smart move. Right. Like, and then that's, now it's interesting in Philly too, because it's a Jalen hurt. So they're bringing someone else in and now opening it up. Uh, Cause like me personally, I just love, I love Jalen hurts, but like that kind of gets interesting in Philly, but if he can, if he can straighten himself out, and he you know him and Rife work together, whatever they got that chemistry, and it could work, it could work for sure. But then the question is, what do you what do you do with Ty? You know, would you be like, does then he come back? Because he wouldn't need to. Like them young receivers are still good, and like everybody loves to talk about Mo Ali Cox how he played basketball, but like like you don't need Ty to come back. But if, yeah, but if, Jack huh? Doyle, Jack Doyle, uh, is he still there? maybe. He kind of just blends in, but like if, well, like if Ty comes back, like it seems legit, right? Like, and there's not much tied up in defense, like money wise, other than DeForest Buckner. I don't think I don't think like, Leonard. He's still on a rookie deal, right? Yeah, I think his time is coming. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he'll be extended. But somewhere. I mean, you could, you could, you could give a big offer sheet to a guy like mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay yeah, or Allen cool. Robinson, though, and I mean Ooh. give. And and give Carson Wentz the best receiver he's ever I mean, played with. Oh man, I mean, hate to see a Rob. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about that. I'd be happy for I, him, I, but yeah, I mean that could work yeah. too. And like, Jeffrey was pretty good. I just feel like Ty was just like kind of. Yeah, but he's huh? not. He's not. Yeah. Yeah, but he was never healthy with Philly. He... Chicago, Chicago, Alshon Jeffries probably just. I think Allen Robinson is better. Robinson I, I just be think a he's a better route runner. Yeah. But, but Alshon was but, good. 
he just couldn't but stay Philly, healthy. But like when he was, it was ex- no. A yeah. Rob is enough. But Philly Alshon yeah. had like six good games, and it just never never materialized. I love this trade for Indy. I do. Um, I don't think what they gave up. I like okay. with what they gave up, I think it's it worth it. Crazy. Uh, just I love it because Wentz doesn't have to like be great. He just has to be average. That's really all he has to be. There's no pressure to be anything mm-hmm. more than that because they're gonna get weapons in there. Chris Ballard's one of the best GMs in the league. He's gonna surround him with weapons. They already have the offensive line, backfield. and they have a exactly they have a great backfield. He can like he can be brought back in as a game manager if they have to, but I do still think he has a little bit more. He has a a good offensive line now. He's back with Frank Reich. It's I'm not putting my faith in Carson Wentz. I'm putting my faith in Frank Reich and Chris Ballard to literally just surround him with so much talent that he cannot fail. I that's what I'm hoping okay, for, yeah. or at least that's what I'm expecting out of the people around him. Obviously, it's going to come down to whether or not Carson Wentz remembers how to play football. Uh, I just think that Frank Reich will be able to at least give us some semblance of that player that we once knew and remind us that he was uh, the number two overall pick not all that long ago. For Philly, it's whatever. I I don't know. I don't think it's really great for them. But for Indy, I like it a lot. Yeah, does Philly does Philly take like if Justin Fields I think they is there should. in six, do they That's take Justin they Fields? Will. There's been talks that Jalen ain't the guy. Like it could be open up to competition now. So that makes it interesting. Again, who cares? Like I don't yeah. care about Philly, but like it could be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. A team it you do true. care about though, yep. Joe, is the Bears. And they have to they have to make a decision here. Um there's there's a lot of quarterbacks available via trade. Uh, we'll get to some of those in a minute because I don't think those are guys on your radar right now. I'm telling you, it's going to be um, But of, of the things, yeah, I was going to say, of, of the things that you've been seeing, um, who are some of the guys that sort of pique your interest a little bit as, as somebody that could come in and, and maybe replace Mitch in a bit more of a positive way? Again, everything now, now that, like, because, I don't know, I think the Chicago was more of a puppet with, like, once. He didn't even want to, like, be there. Like, he kind of made that clear, so that was whatever. And they would have overpaid because, like, I don't think Indianapolis gave it up, like, a crazy amount for him, especially if it pays out. Like, they have the pieces in place. They don't need picks. They're just trying to win, right? So, but it, it seems like now the pace is all over Mariota, which you're never going to get Oregon Mariota, but, like, I don't know. He could work. He's at least smart enough to make quick decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, okay, so A-Rob's gone. That – yeah, it's a big question mark because Anthony Miller, not a, he's he's not a number one receiver. He's barely a number two. And like Darnell Mooney, maybe he can elevate his game. Like, but there's something there. They have you know gluttony of tight ends. So wide receivers a big. And this is a draft. If they bring in Mariota, which again I can kind of convince myself of. I think if he just kind of just plays and plays smart, it'll work out. But this draft has to be wide receivers and linemen. That's the only thing I want the Bears drafting is wide receivers. How about and this linemen. one? How about this? Because they're fine everywhere job? else. Because I know this guy's a free agent. How would you feel about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? It's it's the same thing. Like it, it it's dumb. It's like how they brought in Foles and Fitzmagic are the same. Like Fitzmagic is better at that game. 
but they're the same where they'll give you like four solid good games and it's hot. They're going bananas. Everybody's like, what's going on? And then they just crash and burn and it's just not good football. So no, I would, I wouldn't want that. It would be, it would be fun. It'd be entertaining, but it, it wouldn't help them out. And it would just add more to misery. Honestly, Joe, I aspire to be, uh, the level of fan that you are someday. I just feel like you can, you can talk yourself to, into anything. Like, I, I just don't have that ability. I don't know. Yep. You're, the fact that you just sat here and gave us that much on Marcus Mariota in the year of 2021, and you're like, you've come to terms with him possibly being your starting quarterback for an entire season is so bizarre to me. Um, kudos to you, my friend. I, I hope for your sake that's not your quarterback and you get something a little bit better than that. Um, I don't know. You could sit at number 20. Mac, no, Matt Jones. Like if they wanted to go with like, – no, maybe. You won't. Like, but uh, they're trying to get a QB number twenty. I just don't think it's going to work. Not the caliber of like the guys that are going to. Mac Jones is there. Yeah, are you okay depth. with Mac Jones? I could, I could okay. live with that too. I think I've what we've like seen Mac from Jones. Alabama. He's a really, he's a, he's clearly like coaching. Yeah, I mean the things, the, the scouting stuff I've seen, like just guys like watching him at the Senior Bowl and stuff, like. He exactly. makes the like he doesn't make a lot of wrong decisions. It's like it's just like he's not gonna wow you, but it's mm-hmm. just like he he does a lot of the he does everything. Like correctly. think about like think and about so, the I mean, like ladder he rose up at Alabama. Like that's a big thing too. Like the dude's clearly coachable, so that means if he's coachable, he's he's gonna be able right. to keep it simple, right? Like he's gonna make the right thing. Like, he's gonna make yeah. the right decisions. So I I could live with Mac Jones too. I think to have that quick of a turnaround with Nagy and like. I, you know, it could kind of widen the window and then it just players get older and contracts get, mm. you know, bigger and that kind of stuff. So it could maybe work with Mac that slows down the process. But if it's this kind of win now thing again, I, I think Mariota could work. It just has to be wide receivers and linemen. But I would love Mac Jones. if yeah. he. I just don't, I don't think, think he's going to be there at 20. Either. And I don't, know, I don't know what they could try to package or do something to move up. Like their, like their drive picks yeah, aren't yeah. great. Um, yeah, luckily for you though, this, this draft is mm-hmm. pretty loaded with wide receivers and linemen too. The, the mock drafts that I've been doing, there's always like a pretty solid lineman in the third or the fourth that, that you can grab. And, and speaking of the draft, um, I'd like to end our show again today, uh, with some guys that w- we really like in this year's draft. We did it last week. We talked about a few guys. Um, Kellen didn't give any names last week because he wanted to be professional about it. And really uh, get some I, research I done. So, Kellen, I'm going to have like, you start this week uh, with your favorite, a couple of your favorite guys this from this guy year's draft. I saw it first um, on the uh, Lions page on Sports Illustrated, but I dove a little bit into this guy's highlights, and I really, really like what I see. Uh, Louisville wide receiver Tutu Atwell, first of all, Hall of Fame name. That's incredible. Um, Tutu Atwell, just, just it, it feels good coming out of my mouth. But if you don't get a wide receiver with that number seven overall pick, he's a five. He's a little. He's a little on the smaller said. side, five nine, one five. But you gotta imagine you're not getting Marvin mm-hmm. back, and you he's might perfect. not be getting Kenny back. He's coming off an impressive three year uh, career at Louisville, set the school record for receiving yards. Um, he uh, he's reportedly recorded an official forty yard dash time of four point two seven. You know, uh, at, at the very worst with the Lions, I think he can completely replace, if not excel, expectations of what we had for Danny Amendola the past two, three years. 
I think having that speedster in the wide receiver core to, if you bring back Galladay with the franchise tag, develop Cephas a little bit in the year two, year three, I think that's a solid receiving core for the Lions. And it's also, it's also yes, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith and some of the guys at the top of this draft are elite wide receivers, but you need to shore up this Lions defense. And I think you need to go defensive with that first round overall pick. So this is a quality, productive receiver you can take in the second round that can be a, a legitimate part of your receiving core moving forward. So yeah, Tutu Atwell is my guy is the guy for me. Well, uh, that was actually one of my guys too. Um, I know it's good. This guy's awesome. No, we should. It's perfect. Uh, I'm just glad we agree. Cause I love this. He's so good. He's so much fun. Uh, I've been talking for like at, at length, just how about, I, I feel like, this is the type of receiver uh, the Lions need. I'd love to see them get more receivers like this guy, a guy who could stretch the field horizontally and vertically. He just He's so dangerous when they bring him in motion and just toss him the ball on a jet sweep or toss him the ball on a jet pass. Like He's just so fast. He can get away from anybody. Yeah, he's really small. He's Like you said, he's 165. You'd love to see that improve a little bit. But that also plays into his hand a little bit with uh, – his ability to move with the ball in his hands and his ability to make people miss. I love this worst, guy. Worst I would kill for him in the second scenario. round. If he worst somehow fell to the third, that I thought that Jamal Agnew could be on offense where he's like, he's that go, go gadget guy. You bring him around on, on sweeps. You bring him across exactly. the field against zone coverage packages. I, 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 I love everything I've seen about him. So to, to me, it seems like he could be, uh, Oh, I had a I had a person. Oh, use like like a guy that's a free agent this year. You can be like a Curtis Samuel type or like a uh, a Brandon Ayuk type. He's just smaller than those guys, but that doesn't mean he can't do the same thing. You just put the ball in his hands in space and see what he can do. Uh, and the other guy that I like personally is uh, a corner. I'll probably talk about corners a lot. It's just one of my favorite positions. I love these guys. Uh, he's from UCF. His name is Tay Gowan. He's six two. They they expect him to to run like a four three or four four. That's just an an insane combination of size and speed in today's NFL at the corner position. Uh, and he's a, he's a pretty good defender too. He didn't play in twenty twenty. He opted out because he has a daughter and he wanted to protect her. But in twenty nineteen, he allowed a fifty four point nine passer rating on passes, and only allowed twenty catches on fifty targets. So. I, he's a guy that can cover. He'll probably end up in the back half of the first round just because of how big and how many tools he has. But uh, he's a guy, type of guy that I feel like any team would kill for. I could really see him being a special player down the road. The entire everything that I've read, the entire UCF secondary is if you if you if you grab that if you grab anybody, I think there's three or four guys in this draft mm-hmm. that are going to be going in the first three rounds. Like if you can grab Don't any right. of them, <laughs> uh, you're you're set in your secondary. I mean, yeah, you 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 hit pretty well there on the secondary, and yeah. I don't know. Like I've seen some mocks no, with the Lions going cornerback in the that. first round. No. I, I don't know if we want to do that again. Unless unless we trade out or something like that, uh, but I still don't think that there's even going to be a guy that it's worth it. But but yeah, um, uh, going with the going with a the corner there in the in the late couple or early mm-hmm. early mid rounds there uh, would be really nice. Um, 
couple of guys I have. Uh, first guy, just real quick. Um, he's a wide receiver out of Wake Forest, Sage Surratt. Um, he was a phenomenal high school wide receiver. He he broke tons of rets, records in high school. Um, he's six two. Um, he he plays in the slot a little bit more than you would expect for a guy his size. He can really um, he he can he can go outside and go in the slot. Um, he's quicker than most uh, most would suspect as well. He runs about a four. I think they're expecting like mid four fours out speed. of him in the combine. So I mean, you have a guy with that. Yeah, I think you have a guy with that size and that sort of speed that you can really move across uh, anywhere in your formation offensively, uh, whether it be outside, whether it be in the slot. Um, I think that just gives you a lot of versatility, especially mm-hmm. when you don't know what your wide receiver core is going to look like. And he's a guy you can get in like the fourth or fifth round this year. And so I think like trying to find these value picks mm-hmm. late is, is something that Brad Holmes is really good at. And so I don't think he's going to – that's why I'm I'm very wary of him. I don't think he's going to be taking a wide receiver early just because of how great of value picks you can get here in the late rounds and guys that can hit maybe not as well as like a Devontae or a Jalen. Or, I mean, I, I would – if Jamar Chase is there at seven, I would love Jamar Chase. But, like, they might not hit, like, some of these other guys, but they're still going to be impactful wide receivers uh, for, you, for your team for years to come. And so I really – I really like him. He's a really good route runner as well. He, he's somebody that just uh, – he's – I was surprised at how far he was down on some boards after watching the film uh, on him. I yeah, was surprised. It's a, but it's that just it speaks to how great this, this wide receiver class is. Yeah. Uh, the other guy I have, an edge defender from Houston, Peyton Turner. Um, he didn't get a lot of – uh, look at a high school. I think he wow. dealt with some injuries coming out of high school. And he actually came into Houston at 215. He's up to 290 now. And an so, end or a tackle? Yeah. Yeah. It, he's an end. Or, excuse me, 270. So. 270. He's, he's, uh, he's at 270 as an end. Uh, I was. Yeah. And they, they, they were able to use him across the line because at one point, that he, I think his sophomore year or junior year at Houston, he was. Uh, he was up to 290, and they were able to use him across the line. Now he's he's slimmed down to 270, but he's not super explosive off the line. Um, just the one thing I really like about him from everything I've read mm-hmm. is that he he's a guy that's just improved, who's kept improving year in and year out. He's not like a five-star who came in and was just, you know, he was average and, like, yeah, he had the skills, but, like, there just wasn't really anything there because he just overpowered guys in high school. Like, that's what really impresses me about a guy like Jabril Cox, who I mentioned last week. He was somebody who had to go FCS, really show out and show what he was made of to get another opportunity at LSU. And, like, for the most part, he was LSU's best defender last year. And so, so I really like guys that that, uh, are consistently getting better and adding things to their game uh, year in and year out. And I mean, he wasn't an edge guy coming in to Houston and he was able to, uh, um, form himself into into a really solid edge rusher, and he's a guy you can get in the third or fourth as well. Um, mm-hmm. That's really a lot of the guys that I'll be looking at mostly is those guys in the mid rounds, just because I love finding those like the the Kenny Galladay's, the Tracy Walker. I mean, Tracy Walker has been was a little underwhelming last year, part in, in part because of Patricia running defense, I think. But you know, mm-hmm. finding those late round guys that really are going to shine for you, um, that that you don't expect the value to be there. And, uh, yeah, like I said, super versatile across the line. I mean, maybe you bulk him up up to 280. You're able to use him uh, 
sort of like an Aaron Donald type, maybe. I mean, he's not. He's you're not just talking about the way you can he's move him around. An Aaron Donald yeah. type player, but you're able to use him. Yeah, you can move him around. You can. Um, I think at his size right now, you can maybe stand him up. He's not great in coverage, so I don't know as far as that goes. But like you, you, you just have the versatility there, and that's what you really need yeah. on, on this defense is having a, a ton of versatile guys. And uh, he, I think he would be a really good fit. And um, yeah, so those those are my two guys, Joe. Well, real you, quick, speaking of Jabril that? Cox, did you watch the uh, NDSU Youngstown State game Saturday? Uh, Jabril no, Cox. Jabril Cox's brother at sure uh, NDSU is real good. He's me. It's somewhat a J. It's Man. another J name. I can't remember what it is, though. He's really good at NDSU. But, um, no, I didn't. Um, Oh, by the way, that was an all-time smart play by me. So, like, Youngstown State was, like, plus 23 and a half, right? And I'm like, come on. There's a new era at Youngstown State. NDSU is starting over. There's no Trey Lance. Like, new system. Like, easy money. Penguins did it. They still have that win, guy who used to coach at Ohio State. I'm blanking um, on his name, but he was involved. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jim Trestle, their AD. Yeah, he's their athletic director. So, like, that part I hate about, like, Youngstown. Like, that makes me want to puke up. But everything else is great. Cole Peterson era is going to be something. But, no. So, I was caught off guard by time change or whatever. So, I'm just going to go, like, who I want the Bears to take it at 20. Um, and not necessarily go into, like, sleepers and stuff like that. But just, like, the way it's set up, it's got to be that uh, Christian Derrissaw okay. from uh, Virginia Tech. Like, it's because, like, when you look at the list of, like, who, like, that kid from Northwestern ain't going to be there. Obviously, um, Panisi Soul from Oregon, he's going to be, like, top five. Like, he's yeah. kind of the next best available. He's a junior, right? And it's not like the ACC is, like, full of bums. Uh, he's big. Six, five. Six, five. Yeah, six five three fourteen. They have him as a tackle, but I don't know. I've I've heard he's pretty versatile, so it just depends on because the Bears' offensive line is a mess too. Charles Leno Jr. thinks, but they owe him a bunch of money, so it just depends how they want to figure it out. But like, they could move him around. I think I think it's like he could be a starter right off the bat. Like, I think he's that talented. Like, listen to Fuente talk about him at BT and stuff like that. Like, I think he could step in and make an impact. And again, even if he he doesn't, the Bears have this like weird offensive line depth, where like nobody's a clear starter, but like somebody that, has to. And so like when they play together, they like have that chemistry. Has and so like the guys, like, it does just, sound like, like the opposite of depth. That's a good point. Or maybe it's just like there's. Uh, <laughs> they have, they what, have what would you call it? They're, no, like they're so they're, Yeah, they're just yeah. Pretty much, none of them are starter level. They're all just kind of right below that. All, all yeah, and somebody all has to start. Like, you need to have an offensive line. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the Lions have a few guys like that, that, I feel like. So, we get that. Yeah. Good thing Jonah Jackson's okay. And though. again, like, when they played together, they, they, they that, like, yeah. six-game stretch the Bears had where they used the same combination. Like, they were gelling. So, like, who knows? Maybe the offseason they can work out and somebody could improve, but. I think if a guy like Dershaw comes in, mm-hmm. he could instantly start, and there's going to be no difference. It can only help. Yeah, and I mean, t- as far as tackle goes, there's even Samuel Co- Cosme, or Cosme uh, out of Texas, uh, Rashawn Slater. Uh, I know there's been some His size, uh, right? questions about, about Slater, just about his, his length. 
mm-hmm. as size. Yeah, like I think he's got shorter arms than you would like too for a tackle, and he's only like three hundred pounds. So unless he's yeah, I, I it's just with, it, it doesn't with Slater. Play. I think it comes down to how much his athleticism great. can save him on the outside. And I think t- whoever drafts him will give him a chance on the outside yeah. before kicking him inside the guard. But even if you kick him inside the guard, he's going to be a monster on the inside. I just, like you said, I don't know if he'll he'll fall down that low to you, Joe. Yeah. Unfortunately. Like, that's what I'm saying at this point. Like, just, just throw the rookies in the mix. Because, right. Like, it's not going to hurt. Like, something's going to stick. Somebody's going to get better, right? So, if anything, at least it yeah. breeds competition and somebody could benefit from that. Speaking of the offensive line real quick, I mean, even in the second round, if, we're, if, you, if you're the Lions, there's going to be a couple of guys there in the second round that could actually work out for you if you want to replace Vitae. Uh, Alex Leatherwood and Liam Eichenberg. Uh, Eichenberg from Notre Dame and Leather, Leatherwood from uh, Alabama. Uh, Leatherwood can play anywhere on the line from what I've been seeing. Um, you, you would sort of start him out as a tackle, and then if he doesn't pan out, you move him. Uh, over into guard, or you know, you uh, mm-hmm. uh, Eichenberg is is, pr- is just a straight tackle. Yeah, Somebody you know who, what you're getting with really the Notre Dame defensive line. Yeah. Like, just take them, <laughs> take them and let them play. Yeah, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, yeah. Iowa, like lock it up. Yeah. It's the Lyman factory. I like this draft. I like this draft a lot. The more the oh, more I look at it, the more I love it. Oh, I love it. I think I've done. Oh, I love the one that we sat here and did after the pod the last network. week. It was so much fun. Oh, it was perfect. I did one the other. That one I, oh, I sent you guys the other day. I can't remember I which can't remember one who, that exactly was, was right but but I fell in, I fell in love with you remember, it. You're... Um, I think I have it right here. No, you remember you like was you that? got like the network premium right? Draft network premium. Like, are you doing full six rounds? Seven rounds, yeah, and trades. In the first round, I get a trade where I'm not giving I love a pick. It. I'm moving back, baby. I'm moving back and adding. Like if you can, you just get as many picks possible this draft because there there have been some uh, some of these yeah. boxes that I've done where I've had I'd love 14, to 14 picks, picks and it works out really well. Mock drafts, bro. It's like it's like a bad drug, bro. It's just so much fun. I think it's a good drug. I want to say like crack. I, I will say one. moving back to sorry. Well, but, like you're I mean, addicted to it. Oh yeah, I love yeah, it. Mock drafts is not a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. I am. It's... I'll be like I. Well, no, no. I realize like, but I'm, yeah, like, no, I'm making a comparison. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> like I'll be covering game. I'll be covering a game or that. something. I'll just pull up the draft network and just do a mock draft real quick Journals. and just. And just get it done. <laughs> hey, when when I'm covering when I'm covering games where yeah. it's sixty eight to eight, Oops. I don't need to be watching a ton of it. I just need to. I just, yeah, Why girls are so hoops. bad. They're awful. They the Orchard View has been awful for. Or five like they years. just like happen to be in like like are they just like the whole area basketball is bad or they just happen to be in like a bad spot to be bad and they just get like their shit kicked. They've just been they've just been bad for for a long time. Dude, that was yeah, fun. I was so kind of weird. That's unfortunate no, for them. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. No, 
WMC I got is Ludington good. Girls and WMC tonight. That that should be a good one. Ludington Girls actually really. Ludington's girls actually beat Muskegon this weekend. I was really surprised about that. Muske- Muskegon has a couple. Re- they have this one guard. She's six foot, and she's built pretty good too. And they held to like twenty points. I just know that WMC. I was, is I was really. I thought she was going to school's all time leading scorer right now. She just broke the record. Uh, uh, Taylor Folkema, I think. Oh, yeah, really? She's Who's a hooper. That? She's a hooper. Well, she's she's okay. Oh yeah, but she's she's, a, she's pretty she's a solid big. on that team. Yeah. Dude, that was fun yeah. when, I was, when I was freelancing for yeah. the paper that no longer exists. <laughs> Thanks, Rona. But anyways, I got some track. But dude, like Illinois suburban hoops is good, dude. Like I was covering like the girls, because like there's so many weird conferences too. So like, because again, like the suburbs is such like a big area, and like it's dumb how it's like divided up. But like, it's just nuts, dude. It's loaded, and then you start getting like the private like Catholic schools involved, where like they're like paying kids to go there. It's crazy, dude. IHSA playoffs is so much fun. I could see that. I could definitely see. Shout out to Tyler JCA. I watched that dude in high Who? school. He was fucking sick. This wasn't big. Oh, yeah. Tyler Ulis. I forgot he was a Chicago guy. He went to J. Oh, really? Yeah, he went to JCA. I, I went. To, we went to a couple of his games. Uh, he just wasn't big enough, dude, but he was, he was a spark plug. He was he was watch. That was sick. He was in the Bulls for a hot minute, too. That would have been fun. It's crazy to see like these dudes have such great pro careers or uh, high school and college careers, and then just like don't pan out. I mean, obviously, Hewlett's was. Well, but of dude, size. Isaiah Thomas like, made it work though. Nate Robinson. It. Yeah, but like though, like well, Nate Robinson could well, jump yeah, out of the he, he was all and was super athletic. But Isaiah, Isaiah like, Thomas actually was mostly Isaiah, athleticism too. Thomas it was just like it. his insane quickness like, that nobody could do anything about. Yeah, he's like a pinball. He literally was. He just bounced off people and yeah. somehow could score at five nine in the paint. It was insane. Dude, I remember. I remember playing with, but like, with the Kings. Even like double sleeve action. He was fun, dude. He's quick. Even like dudes that are in the league that like are like okay, but like can't do anything on offense. Like Pat Bev averaged thirty seven. I love. I love P Bev, dude. Him. Him getting tied up. That's, like, that's I would, the dumbest I would thing. Never... That's a business decision. You walk away because you, you're not going to win in, in, a, in some kind of little scrap with P-Bev. I love it. I love it. I love it. No. But how would dude like him yeah. be uh, almost 40 a night? Like, it's just like, it's, it's just like crazy level. to think about. Like, like, there's just, there's like nothing there in his, yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, there's just like nothing there offensively that like he is like even okay at. And it's just like, oh, he's just like quietly averaged almost 40 a game while he was in high school. Like, yeah, I, I guess he was just, like, bigger and yeah, stronger than tough. everybody, probably. He just he, – he would find a way. And now, like, in the NBA, he doesn't have to be in that role. So, he's just, like, a defense and just kind of a little pest. I love it. hmm Well, I think that's going to do it for us uh, this week on the Slam Dunk Podcast. Uh, Bonus. Bonus. Hopefully, you know, I, I keep I keep saying it every week, but hopefully we get some sort of uh, big trade that drops um, in the NBA. Coming. I mean, we had yeah, the hardest like trade, forever ago, that, was, honestly. that was almost a month ago now, I think. Yeah, so like there's just there the NBA is just like sort of in a lull right now. Um, the Baseball NFL time. like st- stuff starting to 
Baseball got, time, got, baby. I mean, the Tigers, it's baseball hey, time, baby. The eyes, right? Nope. So I'm, Julio, I'm, I'm all in. Julio Tehran. I mean. <laughs> nice. What's up? Okay, D'Angelo. So, so, so you made the commentary about like the fan, like my fandom to the Bears. It's like ten times that with this Cubs team. Like, I know they're going to be bad, dude, yeah, but that's... I'm ready to rock and roll. This team, this one. Do you? Would you? Would you? Would you like to see? Would you like no, to see Brian bro. move to the Mets? You gotta I mean... keep that and feel the guy. Like they're going to be bad. Like who's good in that rotation besides Hendricks? That's it. Like Arietta. But but like by the time they get good again, won't those guys be out of their like quote unquote prime? I would have moved Brian. So like yeah. why not move them? Like you had you your fun. This course, one, I don't know anything I, I else. Think it could be almost like a Red yeah, Sox but like, scenario. They, where they aren't going to. They're just they're, not. Yeah. They're not, not with like what the one. NL West is going to be. Not with what the Mets look like. They won't well, even like the Cardinals are coming up. Like you got to retool. You got to retool, and you got to use those pieces to retool. If you don't, you're stuck yeah, for a long time. Trust me, that's where we are right now. Because imagine Bryant. Oh, yeah, we're two, we waited we're two too years long. away. This and year's going to be more fun there. than you think. We're I'm really getting you, there. Good signings, good players. We're we're one year away yeah, no, from Turnbull is. and Riley, Ge- Riley Green. No more mm-hmm. Mazzara. This is Hinch's first Next year. Right? He was hired this What did I say? No, yeah, he's tur- not Turbul. Yeah, like my bad. Turbul. Yeah, I I messed. Yeah, the Spencer. So. Turnbull. Really good. This pitching staff's going to be legit. I'm I'm really I buy into the Nomar Mazar. The dude hits bombs. Going to be like a diamond in the right. He's only twenty five. Like I really think yeah. you can. Yeah, like I think you can get something there. When I saw we signed him, like I was like, mm-hmm. there's no. It, it's baseball free agency is really weird because there's never like a young dude just hanging out waiting to get signed like it's always like guys that are 29 to 32 just so like i'm just always trying to find like young guys just to take a flyer i like the and they've been doing this thing for the past few years where they grab a guy you know they they signed inning eaters like that's what ivan nova was that's what all these these one-year pitchers are Uh, but as far as their they're inning eater signings. These ones are at least interesting this year. They signed Jose Urena and Julio Tehran. Uh, Julio Tehran hasn't been good in like four years, but who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, like he was, he's, he was okay in nineteen. I think yeah. he only had like so a three five ERA. He's gonna be and wait, like nowadays. Okay. that's not bad. That's all they. Need, that's all they need him to be. They just need to buy one more year for the young guys. And that's what this year will be. But I think we'll see some improvement. I don't think they'll be the worst team in the league. I just think we're a year away and a couple signings away. No, the The the, Orioles. The the betting services think the the Orioles are going to be the worst. I'm making the playoffs. (laughs) Did you see that graphic? They gave them a chance to make the playoffs. They were just like, nah, not going to happen. At least the Tigers – at least the Tigers got like a one and a it's half. So two it's like, it's true. This is going to be so a fun funny, baseball man. season. So I'm not even going to lie. Like the Dodgers and the Padres battling out there. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so great. I can't wait. The Mets are going to be fun. I think. I was guess say, so. Begin with, I think no. we see Torres. No, I think you're absolutely correct. This year. I'm just going to. I'm going to put it out there. I think we. I think we see. I. Oh, I just—it's just like he—he he raked at Arizona State. Like, 
and like there's not there's nothing bad coming out of camp from him. Like from the from the Whoa. uh late fall I stuff that was going Green. on. I, I, he I'm and Riley just, Green so have excited. such a good gonna be connection. so much fun. Yeah. The future They're gonna be bright. studs. We got a couple of MVPs coming up. Hey, real quick, Noah, what what do you know about this upcoming golf tournament? The workday or whatever? We know about the course. Nothing? Not a not a whole not a whole lot. Because I, I just like no. um I think it's in oh god. Is it out west? Though? I have no idea, man. I just saw some names and I I picked a few. Took Brooks at like plus twenty two hundred. That could be a fun little payday. Yeah. Yeah, but like Brooks just doesn't care right now. He like he he lucked into that win a couple weeks ago. Like he he admitted it on PMT. He lucked into it. He just sort of he got lucky. A but, some, times. but sometimes though, that gets um, sometimes that like you know what I'm saying though. Like you you're just like screwing around. Yeah. If you're picking winners, if you're ever if you're ever picking winners, yeah, he did. Do not pick Tony Fino. I don't care how great he is. He's so he's so good, but he gets in his own way all the time. He's like. Right. Like, he's Jordan if Jordan ever won those majors. Like, Tony, I will pick Tony in my daily fantasy lineups every week. He's just not going to win. Because the value is so good. (laughs) He's going to get you a top 10. But he ain't going to win it. He's going to find a way to – he's going to find a way to never never win it. That's insane. And, like, I think he's only won – I don't know if he's won a PGA Tour event. Let's – I'm going to do But he's only – like – like professional ones, I only think like, he's like for two. me, like right now, like like golf is just kind of like NASCAR, bro. Like I'll just like pick him. Joe, you bet on NASCAR. Like, oh, I know something about this dude, and they'll you be bet like, on, huh? Max. Yeah. Oh yeah, you said I, I did bet yeah, on Daytona. He was saying I bet last on week. You, you, yeah, 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 it was Daytona, wasn't it. it? You bet on like. No, he didn't. I had that. I had, I had him. No. I thought he won. He got. He got well, like he had 14. to start his he, car. He, he fell back a little bit. But no, I had. Instead I of starting him. top ten, he had to start in the forties. Yeah, I'm starting back. No, but because like I took him, and then dude, it's sick. You can like bet on like the car manufacturer, so like that's a fun thing to watch. No, dude, like NASCAR and golf, bro. I'm just like picking shit and hoping for a payday. Max Homa, though, great to see him get a win. Uh, he was on Russillo's podcast this summer, and he's just been sort of a guy that's had to grind his way. He's such a good personality on Twitter. Like, dudes, he'll he'll get guys sending them their swings, and he just roasts them on Twitter. Like, go check out – just go check out his page. He's 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 awesome on there. Um, but, yeah, good for him to get a win this weekend. I put – I did like a, I did like a six, six-leg oh, yeah. parlay this weekend. Put – and DJ was my winner. It was between DJ and Homa because I just wanted to root for Homa, and it was between those two. And I went with DJ just because I thought it was time for DJ had, to get a win had, again. But messed up. It, that wasn't the only leg that I messed, had boosted it like three fifty for um, Dustin Johnson and Spieth to both finish top ten, and then it got it got so clustery. Like there was so like that that missed. But no, dude. To the speed, to like the degen route with like the car manufacturer for NASCAR. No joke. I literally searched how many like sponsors each manufacturer has, how many total cars are in a race, and then the percentage of like how many of that car exists. And then I took that and it won. Oh man. 
Big brain right there. <laughs> so much fun. That's that. I think that's a good sign. Well, yeah. The NASCAR betting talk is probably that. I don't At, think anybody's here listening to this. Let's get it, baby. Real quick though, last three episodes were in double digits, baby. Last three, we're we're getting a good run. We're getting a good. Oh, run hey, West listen. Virginia minus eleven and a half. Who apologized Sorry, for Syracuse yesterday? I already got him at minus well, seven. West I'm good. All right, I'm put. I'll put money on. I'm hopping on it right. With that. Dude, see, I I got I got to not do it so early. But again, Download what else TikTok, are you gonna do on Twitter? You, right. you only look at so much Twitter. You may as well. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. It's a nightly routine. You watch you <laughs> watch an hour of TikTok slope. before bed. You go. Go to sleep. But, no, that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Thanks for uh, joining. It's always great to talk to you guys. And.